Support for this episode comes from PCG Digital. It is anywhere from difficult to impossible to manage every aspect of the changing digital landscape. Rather than trying to do it yourself, why not leave it to an award-winning team of digital marketing specialists who have mastered it all? Connect your message with more potential customers with PCG Digital. Go to pcgdigital.com for more information. As a leader, whether you're experienced or you're brand new, there's always an opinion on what traits a leader needs to possess in order to be successful. Well, I have my opinion, but I went out and I reached out to Dr. Garland Vance, who is the author of Get Unbusy to Be More Productive, as well as someone who has studied leadership for over 20 years. And he helps individuals and corporations create a culture of leadership following seven traits that he has uh, told me and shared with me that are not just effective, they're repeatable and scalable. So I was really intrigued to bring him on so that we could uh, discuss these seven traits, and I hope you find them valuable. So let's dive into today's power episode of You're in Charge, Conversations That Spark Change with Dr. Garland Vance. So talk about, I, I was fascinated with our earlier discussion, talking about this, this idea of building out teams. You know, as I said to you early, the point of this podcast always, uh, the, always was designed for helping those who are in charge of teams or projects or businesses, because a lot of times they're thrown in and there's no one helping them. It's like, figure it out yourself. Right. And you said something that struck me about, there's a lot of companies who talk about culture or say we have a culture where of leadership we want to create leaders here yeah but then they don't do it or they don't know how to do it so when you're called upon if i'm i'm a business leader and i say that to you but i'm honest enough to say i don't know how to do it what would yeah. your what would your some of your tactical things uh, strategies be yeah so so if you have this desire to create leaders and develop leaders around you, the, the first thing that you do and is you have to define what leadership is in, mm -hmm. in your company. And it doesn't have to be some, you know, huge, uh, you know, deep Webster's dictionary type of definition, but you really have to define what leadership is. Why? Because leadership is such a common word right now right. that it has no context whatsoever when we do it. So, so we want to help you first define what leadership is. The second thing that you do is you identify the common traits or characteristics or competence, call them whatever you want. But, but identify a handful of traits that you say are common for all leaders in your organization, because leadership is context specific to that company. It's context specific to the, the goals that you're trying to achieve, to the culture that you're trying to build. So uh, just because you're a great leader on a basketball team doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great leader at this manufacturing company. So right. you've got to give some, some common uh, traits. What I have found over the last 20 years of, of researching leadership is I think there are seven uh, 
traits that come back over and over and over again to leadership. In fact, probably about 95% of the time we've seen these used. So it's, it's character, right? If you're going to be a leader, you've got to do the right thing. You've got to be willing to make the hard decision, do the hard thing. Second is if you're going to be a leader, you've got to have competence. Now, what kind of competence? The competence to lead your team the way they need to be led, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's just, you know, if you're going to lead well, you've got to lead the way that your people need and lead with them in mind. The third is capacity. This is where busyness comes in Mm -hmm. of uh, if you're going to lead, you have to have the time, energy, and attention needed to lead people. You can't just work harder doing the same thing that you were doing. The fourth is clarity. You've got to give people a really clear vision and plan for how we're going to get there, what their role is in getting there, and how we're going to celebrate when we get there. Uh, The fifth is community. You've got to build trust with the people and help them build trust with each other. Uh, Sixth is uh, culture. What are the habits and the attitudes that shape the way that you do business and what's expected and what's tolerated? And then the final one is consistency. (gasps) If you're going to be a leader, you've right. got to show up. You've got to talk the same. You've got to show up the same. People need to know that you're not going to be, you know, Dr. Jekyll on one day and Mr. Hyde uh, on the other uh, on other days. So what we do is we help leaders say, what's the definition you want to use? What are the traits or the those characteristics that you want to use? And then the final step, if you want to create a culture of leadership, is you just have to create some uh, designed opportunities around it, whether it's training or whether it's on the job training. And this is, you know, this one sounds the simplest and it's actually the hardest, whether it's experiences that are out in the field, whether it's cross training, you've got to create some opportunities where people can take that definition and those characteristics and turn those into action. So first, I love, I love those seven. I agree with them. Two, two things I, I would like you to clarify because, or where you see the deficiencies are. Because when you said competence, you're very clear, and I hope everyone's listening to, to, to what we just said. Um, the, the fact that competence was competence about leading the team the way they need to be led. What Garland did not say was just competence in the job of what the team does, because a lot of times top performers are elevated to leadership, but they don't know how to lead. No one taught them how to train and develop. They just said, well, if you're a good salesperson, you'll be a great sales manager. And that's not always the case. So talk about that first, and then I'll hit you with my second. Yeah. So I, I think that's one of the things we see so often is somebody gets promoted and what they think is I just need to work harder doing the same things that I did. And, 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 and that's not it at all. So um, I was actually in a training yesterday with some, uh, some uh, leaders. And I said, uh, one of the things I said to them that I, I just say this all, all the time is the higher you go in leadership, the more you've probably been hired because you can execute, but the higher you go in leadership, the more time you need to spend developing relationships with Mm. people, not like fuzzy, we're having barbecue relationships, but relationships where you trust them and they get really clear on what it is that they need to do. So the competence, the, the skills, the, uh, the time that you spend, the, the type of work that you care about, those things have to change as you grow in leadership. And, and even on, 
in, you know, first level leaders who are just stepping into their, their first job, I think so many times they make this mistake of thinking that they need to have the competence of the CEO and they don't need the competent, right? The CEO needs to be thinking 10 years down the line and right. strategy and global markets and all of those things. And that first year manager probably doesn't need to be thinking at that same level at that time. So it, it cuts both ways is as you go up, your competence needs to change, but you don't need to look, you know, at the fortune 10 CEO and be like, well, those are the skills that I need to have. No, they're not. Right. That's not the competence you need. And, and then, and I agree. And the second one ties in with that is that first initial man, you know, leader, manager, running team. I think the investment really needs to be on more about how do you train and develop your team more than anything else, because it is a little bit of a withdrawal because you used to do the job potentially. Right now you don't feel you're as busy as you were before, because as now I have 10 people to worry about, but as you said at the very the the last piece was it sounds easy but it's very hard because most people focus a lot on training which sound in my uh, mind is that's very front loaded mm-hmm. versus developing their team which is that ongoing process of there has to be always be something to keep them sharp keep adding to them keep moving them along that's that and and i hear about i hear it often is we talk about training and i always say yeah but it's really those two words go hand in hand and we keep missing the development part but we mm. focus on the training yeah yeah i think you're absolutely right so 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 many organizations are going to pay somebody to come in and and don't get me wrong sometimes they pay me to come in they probably pay you to come sure. in right and you do some kind of training you present something people walk away they kind of take one one nugget but the idea of development is saying let let's say you were the sales manager who's developing your sales team right development is typically tied to a goal of some kind right like we want to increase your close rate to uh, let's say 25% from 20 to 25%. Now, what are the tactical actions that you can do regularly to help increase your close rate? And then let's implement those. Let's observe those. Let's give feedback to those. Let's develop a a little bit more. That's where I think training and development have uh, are are, um, related. They're both necessary, but there's... Development is a slower process. It's a more yes. personalized process, but it's also a much more effective process. And, and you use the right word uh, was implement because I could come to your, I could bring you into the company and we sit through your session and it's fantastic and you move on. The real question is how do we take that information that you shared with us? How do we implement it into our day to day to have an effect? Because a lot of mistakes that I see is everyone sat in that very nice workshop that you did and walked out and go right back to what they were currently doing before. And all it was, was an hour, two hour, a half a day break from their day to day. And it's almost as if the leaders are hoping through some osmosis, they're going (laughs) to pick up what you said and just miraculously it's going to change versus Okay, someone has to sit there. Either I speak with you and say, "How? How? Do, where's this plan where you have yeah. to do it, or else it's just the gerbil wheel of training, and that's why no one likes to go to training because it doesn't have an impact." 
Yeah. Yeah. I like to say that transformation happens with three ingredients. Okay. The first is commitment. That's actually in, in um, chronologically, that's the first thing is I have to commit that something's going to change. The second is content. Now I have to know how I, I can change. I, I have to be informed on what I need to do. Uh, on that. And then the final is, I think, community. There has to be relationships there that are holding you accountable to the commitment that right. you're making. What happens with training is we have a whole lot of content and we may ask for commitment at the end. And then that's the end of it. Everybody goes back to, to their way, but there's no, no community. Development is where all three things are there together. I'm making a commitment to grow. I'm getting the information and the content that I need to grow. And I'm being held accountable by someone, even if it's my boss to, to grow in that direction. See, I love that. And I think that's uh that's such a great place to, to, to sort of, as we wind down, because, you know, what we've talked about is this idea of busyness and adding more. And what we're doing now is We've come to another side of this where what we're really trying to do is create an atmosphere or a culture where our team is in position to execute on the right things at the right time to deliver the results versus just throwing more on the plate. Let's just work harder. It takes, it takes a really strong leader to take a moment to stop and look in the mirror or really audit everything that's in front of them to be willing to say, it isn't about working harder or longer. It's working smarter. Yeah. And, and what happens in organizations if we change the, the expectation of a leader, that a leader's job is not to add more stuff to people. The leader's job is to help clarify the most mm -hmm. important stuff for the people. When leaders do that really well, busyness begins to shrink and productivity and more importantly, results begin to go up. Yeah, I had a, good, a very good friend of mine. Um, he runs an organization and we were talking about leadership and he said, my job as a leader is to remove obstacles from my team so that they can perform their job more efficiently and effectively. And it was just such a very clear definition of where his focus was, was not adding more. It was removing things yeah. that are restricting the performance uh, uh, and, and, and he said, once I clicked into that, my team, all of those things you were talking about, the community, they felt empowered to raise mm. their hand and say, there's an obstacle here. What do you think versus oh, I can't say anything. I just got to put my head down and work harder, but the clarity, the community, the effectiveness, yeah. all of that happened because his vision was on one thing, which was how do I remove obstacles? Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that as That's well. Great. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that conversation. I know I did. I agree with his seven uh, traits. I really find them uh, that we're in alignment on this. But I hope one of the key things you take away from this power episode is that idea of removing obstacles. Your job as a leader is not to do the job of your team, but guide your team. And part of that guiding is removing obstacles so they can be more efficient and more effective. So I hope you got a lot out of it. Don't forget to connect with Dr. Vance. You can go to LinkedIn. I have it listed in the show notes or also to his website. 
Uh, I highly recommend you buy his book. It's available on Amazon. Again, it is called Getting Unbusy. I think it's, uh, I'm reading it right now and I think it's really a, a wonderful book. I'm taking a lot out of it myself. So please, I appreciate you being here. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify or anywhere else, we're listed there. Don't forget to subscribe. We post episodes twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. Don't forget to share, it means a lot to me. There's a lot of people out there who could probably use this information. And as always, please comment or rate the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think of it. I know there's a lot of places for you to spend your time and the fact that you're spending time with me and my guests, I really do appreciate it. As I say at the end of every episode, you're in charge, but now Dr. Vance gave you some new tools to help you become more effective, more in charge of your business life and your personal life so that you can become the leader you want to be. Thanks again. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.